Hi everyone, welcome back to Football Anya, your home of Dutch football. I'm Michael Statham. Mike Bell is also here. We have lots to talk about in the world of Dutch football, and the Dutch Cup final has just finished for us um, at the time of recording. We've got that to discuss. PSV are the winners. Uh, lots of questions came in on Twitter from you lot uh, asking about the Netherlands. Um, we'll get onto those a bit later in the show, and we'll finish with lots to do there to busy with only like four match weeks left of the campaign. Um, you're getting to the business end of the, of the season. Mike, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm all good. Yeah, it's a lot to talk about. Um, I don't think we just watched the classic final. I think that no. <laughs> towards the end of it, towards the end of time, I was about falling asleep during that. But mm. yeah, um, yeah, I guess we've got a lot to talk about in terms of, of Ajax and what this means for the league and everything. But yeah, it's, it was not the best final to watch. No, it definitely wasn't. Um, Ajax won, PSV won, PSV won on penalties. Ah, it w- I just wanted it to be over. The extra time just felt so unnecessary. Um, we had a, an okay second half. First half, we seemed to be spent mostly fighting and arguing over stuff. I was quite surprised someone didn't throw something onto the pitch and we didn't have it cancelled as well, yeah. <laughs> given recent events. Um, but it, it, it did finish eventually and some dreadful penalties from Ajax. Um, we were just talking before we came on about Alvarez's penalty. I think John couldn't believe his luck. It sort of dribbled towards his feet and he could just sort of kick it away. But Brian yeah. Bobby, Jürgen Timber missing penalties. Xavi Simon stood out, didn't he, for some positives, but again, wasn't his finest performance. A real drab game. But did you have your eye on some of the 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 bigger names in that game, Mike? Especially the ones with an Evelyn's. And did, it, did you wonder, you know, are some of these players cut out for this level long-term with Ajax and the Netherlands national team? Um, Mark Kimmon was watching, wasn't he? Yeah, I think it's interesting that Kimmin was in the stands again. Obviously, watched the league game last week where you know PSV demolished Ajax in the league. Mm, but, very impressive. Um, this was a different type of game. Obviously, neutral ground, different occasion, pressure. And I think that yeah, if, you, if you're going to name one player that stood out from either side on the pitch for his, some positive actions, at least it would would be Xavi Simmons because for the equaliser, it was him that you know drove the ball past a couple of players, got the cross in, and Hazard was there to, to finish it off. And I guess for, for Ajax, looking at positives, Brobby got himself into the right positions. But finishes for for like a top-class Eredivisie striker that I've seen in the past few years, like he gets through and he gets in so many good positions and he does things so well and then it comes to the finish and he just can't do it at the end. Like three, three big chances today, his penalty was awful. Um, I think Kimmel would have been watching that with, with a keen eye to see that, yes, he can cause havoc for defences, but when it comes to finishing, he's got so much to work on. Um, but I think that, you know, I was saying to you before we started that yeah, David Klassen, I mean, he, he played the full 90 minutes, but I think that was because there was no options on the bench for Ajax. He only had kids um, by that point. And he eventually came off with, with an injury just before the end, but one it. He, he was on the pitch for 90 minutes and did absolutely nothing well. Nothing well at all. He know he gifted PSV a goal um, by giving Gus Till the ball. Um, and other than that, he was anonymous. And if you're Ronald Kim and watching that, and you're watching Joey Veerman at the other end, at least try and do something. And you're watching Davey Class and run around like a headless chicken for 90 minutes. You've got to only pick one in your squad. And surely over the past two weeks, you've seen enough of Davey Class to know that he's not at this level anymore. And it's time to, to start 
taking players of that out of the squad because there's other options around Europe. There's other options in the Eredivisie that are better suited to the Netherlands game. And it's time for players of that to go. Um, and in terms of Julian Timber as well, I mean, this was his last chance to win a trophy with, with Ajax before he goes. You've spoken yesterday about he expects to leave this summer. Um, yeah. And yeah, he missed his penalty and he played, he played okay. I mean, defence, he didn't do, he didn't do too badly against Luke de Jong. Um, but, you know, it's, it's going to be him leaving disappointed at a trophy this season. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where he goes in the summer if there's such a big clamber to get him, whereas there was last season, um, or whether there'll only be one or two interested clubs and he has to make a sort of mid-step before he gets to the top of the, top of the, um, I guess, Champions League clubs, because I don't think this has been the season that he would expect it to have. I think he was expected to have stay another year, win the league, do well in the Champions League, grow my reputation even bigger, and it's, it's gone the other way for him. So, yeah, um, if I was watching the Dutch players today, Robbie did okay, Bergman did okay, Davy Simmons stand out by far. Hmm. He's going to be so involved, isn't he? Koeman, hopefully we'll see that game today and, and go, this this player can really stand out on his big occasions and giving him more chances. Um, with, with Ajax then, they have lost to PSV for the fourth time this season out of four. Um, and I wouldn't say it's because of PSV being particularly good, apart from last week's 3-0 dump demolition. Ajax have not been good at all this season. They've gone so far backwards from what we've seen of them in their um, domineering last few years and in their Eredivisie. We, we don't need to necessarily pick apart what they might do with their, the manager situation over some of them, because that's, that's relatively unknown and someone who I think will come in anyway. But in terms of the players, who do you think will stay? Who do you think will go? And who do you think should go? Um, going through that first 11, how many of them are going to be there next season? Perhaps the goalkeeper, really, um, he's just joined. Dusan Talic, maybe because he's just got that affiliation to the club now and he'll stay. Brian Brobby, perhaps because he's got nowhere else to go and he's to stay and he's to grow and get better. After that, how many of us are Ajax quality or will be pinched off? Um, we said about Timber possibly going. Edson Alvarez could have left last summer. He'll no doubt we wanted to go now. But I just don't see what big moves they get They get now. Um, I was trying to think, where where does Alvarez fit in or Timber fit in um, in the Premier League now? I'm not sure they do. I think, to be honest, they'd suit somewhere in Italy. Maybe they'd suit like a back five kind of system. where they Because Timber, for example, has been found out physically several times again this season. Um, and Alvarez, he's hot and cold, isn't he? Um, anyway, Mike, who do you think is going to be still around in Amsterdam next season? So I don't, I don't see there being a max excess of teams coming in and picking off the players. I see that being more of a, these players aren't good enough, we need to try and mm. replace them, rather than a sort of big clubs are coming in to pinch these players and take them to the Premier League or Italy. Um, I think that now I've got this new technical director who's going to come in, and the report that came out of the Telegraph yesterday basically said that he only thinks two or three of these players are actually good enough to be in the first team of Ajax. Yeah. And... I think you've got to start again. I think you've got to try and get as much money as you can for any of these players and start again because Bergwijn's not been good enough since he came back. He's very hot and cold. Um, Berghaus has done okay this season. I think he will stay. Um, but then you're looking at players like Owen Vindal who's come in and it, he's probably like third or fourth choice left back now because of yeah. Gerald Hato, Calvin Bassi would be there. 
Barcy could be another one that goes. You know, there's a Premier League bid in January for him. I mean, I don't know why Ajax didn't snap some of his hands off to get their money back from him, but they didn't. Um, and I think if an R club comes in for him this, this summer, they might just cut their losses because they might think he's a 40 million player, but he definitely isn't. Um, and they don't think he's going to go that way. So I think that if you can get rid of him, you have to. And then the problem I see is Edson Alvarez and Julian Timber are the only two players that I think they can make a good sum of money on. Mm. The rest of them, I don't think they can. There's no one in that midfield that, that screams out, oh, they're going to make money. Like David Carson, you need to try and get rid of him. But he's probably going to stay as some sort of bit part bench player. Yeah. Kenneth Taylor's not done enough to earn a move yet, so he's still going no. to be around. Um, Alvarez will go, and then you need to look at bringing in another couple of midfielders to that. Up front, as you say, Tadic, he's basically got a lifetime contract. He'll stick with Robbie, but then they need to bring in at least another winger because they don't seem to trust Concisau to start. They need to bring in another striker because when Brobby's not firing and Dusan Tadic is not firing, um, the Italian striker they've got up front, um, Lorenzo Luca, he's he's not good enough. Um, you know, they brought him in from you know second division side in Italy, and I don't think he's proven that he can be mm. an Eredivisie striker. He's got something different. You know, he's he's really tall, but at the moment he's not good enough. So I think they need to go out and buy another striker. So if it was me, I, I'd try and get rid of as many players as they can, um, and start again with five, six, seven, eight new players and try and feed in some of those. Younger ones that are coming through, like Voss, like Gods, who came on today, um, Hato. Try and utilize some of these players because the ones that they've given chances to this season just just aren't good enough for this level, and especially if they want to go far in the Champions League. Mm. It's it's true, and the comments made by the new technical director. Um, why why would you say something like that, even in private, considering the Dutch Cup final is coming up? Do you think comments like that can affect a team going into an occasion such as a? The Dutch Cup final, do you think the players need to be bigger than that and prove themselves on, on the stage they're at? Yeah, the players should be bigger than that. You know, they should have been fired up to say, like, wait, this is this is a trophy we're going to win. We're going to show that we're better than PSV, especially after last week, especially after you went to their house and they absolutely spanked you 3 now. You think they'd mm. have something about them to say, right, come on, let's go. Um, I guess, you could, actually, the one player we've not talked about, I can't believe we missed him out, the, the one player that they, they should have had today that would have made a difference, and that's Mohamed Kudis. I mean, he's he's yeah. a gem. He's the one that can make them their money. Um, he'll go in the summer. There's no way, no way in hell he's staying. Um, he'll make them 20 to 30 million this summer um, with the interest that he's got. But yeah, in terms of the players that were on the pitch today, they should have had a bit more about them to say that they're going to try and, and win the occasion. And I don't think they did. I think that actually on balance of play, I think PSV were the better side. I think that yeah, I agree. Rose, Rose reversed. I think. Ajax were the sort of more de- defensive, sort of try and soak up pressure and hit them on the counter. I think that was their game plan mm-hmm. today. Whereas Ajax are usually the more, let's dominate the ball, put them under pressure. And then PSV would be the ones that are trying to hit them on the counter. It was totally, PSV were the one you'd say were the dominant side on possession. Um, and Ajax's chances all came through counters where Bergwijn or Brobby were getting through. Um, but yeah, if you're Ajax and you're watching that, this is a far cry from a couple of years ago in the football they were playing then. And, you know, Ajax fans want Edwin van der Sar to go. They want a new manager in. They want everything to be totally reshuffled. And I think it needs that. I think that Ajax are at a point where it's going backwards. And unless there's a big shakeup, you know, you've got Feyenoord and you've got PSV who are improving. You've got AZ Alkmaar. We'll probably touch on it later on, but the amount of kids that they've got coming through, um, yeah. they're special talents. 
they can't afford to have another season where they just do absolutely nothing. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a massive summer for them. And I think that if the fans get their way out, there'll be a lot of change. Yeah. And um, isn't it to say that, that Ajax couldn't fall further down the league table? They could end up fourth still this season. Big game against Arzo coming up. Let's talk about PSV, though. They've won the Dutch Cup. Um, big congratulations to them. Where does that leave Ruvan Istoy now, Mike, and, and the players? They look like they're going to hone in on second place, Champions League qualification um, into the, the quali- uh, qualifying rounds. But still, you know, that's a real positive result for Van Nistelrooy. I think because Ajax didn't finish first as well, um, he can look upon it as like a, a bit of an odd campaign final to being unstoppable. Um, so on, on the whole, quite positive for him. Same for them, though. They could lose a few real key players this summer, given that a few already stayed a bit longer, it's just Sangare, um, a bit longer than he anticipated. Um, and Simons as well might might go after one year. He might stay. They might go and kick on. Um, I just don't see it in the world of the Eredivisie, that's all. Yeah, I mean, PSV, you're gonna, in the summer, they're going to lose. Branthwaite's going to go back to Everton. He's only on one. Mm. Silva's going to go back to... To Wolves, he's only on loan, even though he's, he's not really been a key starter for them. And then, as you say, Sangari, I think he's made comments this week that he's he's thinking about making a transfer. He's one that could go to the Premier League as well. Mm. Um, I think you know a club like yours, Aston Villa, would, would maybe go for somebody like a Sangari or Kotchu. Um, you could probably do a job for for them. Um, so we'll see if he goes. If you get twenty five million for him, then happy days for PSV. And then the big question mark is is Avi Simmons. I think that we're all looking at him to see what he's going to do. The problem with, with Simmons is that you need to be ambitious and you need to be able to show that you're Champions League level. Mm. And that's the job for PSV this summer, to show that we're going to bring in the right players to show you that we're serious about this. And they've got to get through the qualifiers. So they've got to get through that to get Champions League football and then keep him in there. Because if you're a big club, I say a big club. I'm not trying to be disrespectful to PSV and Ajax, but if you're a big Premier League club or if you're a big Spanish club or you're a big French club like PSG, he's a player to look at and go, right, we could bring him in for, I don't even think he'd cost, he should be costing 40, 50, 50 60 million, yeah. but he won't. He'd be 20 million at most. For PSG, he's going to be less than that. It's going to be like 10 to 12. So it's a bit of a no-brainer if he's available for that amount of money and he's going to see that as a stepping stone to to further his career because the Eredivisie needs to keep him around but if the Eredivisie next season de- depletes Ajax don't get stronger Feyenoord don't get stronger Simmons is going to look at it and go right to take my game to the next level I'm going to need to get a move there's going to be people in his ears saying he needs to get a move his agents probably he's got to listen to people like Rud van Nistelrooy he's telling him to stay Ronald Koeman's telling him to stay but does Ronald Koeman have the same authority that Louis Van Hal had. You know, Louis mm. Van Hal told was it Julian Timber to stay and he listened. Does, is anyone listening to, to Ronald Koeman? I'm not not so sure. Um so we'll see what happens with him in the summer. But I mean we can all say that Simmons has made this season like, great to watch PSV just to watch him because he's been yeah. outstanding and he's been one of the reasons to watch the Eredivisie this season because he's so good. I think mm. it the horrible thing with him is and it happened again today is he seems to be on the end of a lot of homophobic chants from mm. crowds. Like Spackenberg did it. There's another couple that did it. And I did it today. 
I mean, what what is people playing at? Like, why would you do that to the reason like that everyone's excited about the Netherlands national team at the moment is probably players like Simmons. He's going to be probably a star for for Netherlands for years to come. And you know, it, there's club love, and you you try and put opposition players off, but the KMVB needs to stand in. They're doing it with the crowd trouble and ending games, but if chances are getting aimed at Xavier Simmons, it's pretty disgusting and it needs to stop. But I hope that doesn't sort of put something in his mind that he needs to get out of the Netherlands because it'd be a shame for the Eredivisie because I think that he is now the poster boy for the Eredivisie, for me anyway, going into yeah. the season. I think he's a star man. And if you can keep him around, mm-hmm. then it's a big draw for players um, in as well. And yeah, I, I want to see him playing for PSV. I want to see him playing for PSV mm-hmm. in the Champions League. I don't want to see him going to PSG and sitting on the bench again. We're going to Barcelona and sitting on the bench where they play players that aren't good enough and in front of them. Um, I think the worry for me is that PSG are not playing well. I at the moment, I think today they lost three one at home to worry on. If if they're looking to bolster their attack next season, they've got somebody that knows the club, doesn't cost that much, yeah. and is potentially a world class player. So yeah, that that no, well said. Yeah, well said. Um... Especially in the country as accepting as the Netherlands, it's a shame to hear about those chants happening to, aimed at Simons. Um, I want to touch upon some of these questions you had in on Twitter. Um, thanks, people, for sending those in. A uh, bit of a range, but mostly centering around the Dutch national team. I'm just going to pull them up again now. Uh, one of the first ones I actually bring up isn't quite to the national team, and it's to do with RZ winning the. Um, what, what's the actual name of the competition? It's like the Champions League for youth teams, isn't it? Yeah, it's the UEFA Youth League. That's it. Yeah. So we had a question in um, about the RZ team that, that won that. Um, big congratulations to them as well. It's that stage of the season that we've got all the, all the winners of the competitions. Um, it's from at MNE Aranya. And they said, the national team status of Jays and Adai from Young RZ is quite unclear. Only young-footed... Only young left-footed right winger that the Netherlands has. Any information about him and his recent call-ups? Mike, the only information about him and just about this team in general, um, who are the big stars of that side? And is, is Adai one of them? Yeah, definitely. You know, Adai, right winger, which you know, I think we all know that Netherlands are, are he is and play for Netherlands and he can play for Ghana. I have noticed that in the most recent um, call-ups for 17s, under-18s, he wasn't part of it. But at the moment, I wouldn't say that's too much of a reason to panic because during times with last time with the under-19s that didn't reach the second qualifying round of the European Championships is because basically they got blocked from calling up a player uh, players from going to wise uh, if they don't see why they should be playing at this game as a friendly or so like that now, Jaden Adai is one that as far as I can see hasn't represented Netherlands yet but he's not represented Ghana yet so I think that if you're coming up next year and the qualifiers for the under 19 championship come around he should be part of the squad and I think he will be but he is one to keep an eye on because at the moment it isn't 100 certain but until he plays, you know, full-time football, it's not going to be 100% certain which country he's going to play for anyways. So 
it's a bit early to say whether he's going to choose us or choose Ghana. Um, so, yeah, still a few years away from that yet. But I don't think he's one that we're going to say on next year he's going to be an option for Ronald Koeman. I think there is a couple of AZ players that could be that, but he isn't, for me, one of them. Um, mm-hmm. I think the one that I think you put a tweet out about this as well, the one that I think we can get excited about is the striker, and that's Meerdink, Max Meerdink, um, mm. the young forward who not only scored the crucial penalty for AZ in the Conference League against Anderlecht, then went and scored two goals in the final. He actually finished his joint top goal scorer in the tournament. He's the one that I think that we can all get behind. He's already playing minutes for the first team um, right, regularly right at the moment. He's, he's on the bench most games. Scored a, quite a lot of goals for young AZ this season in the second division. And What do you think yeah. happens to him next season? Because Pavlidis is very likely, I'd say, to get a transfer now. Uh, does he become the first choice striker um, outrageously for RZ? Or is he going to be second choice behind someone else I'd have to bring in? Um, it would be very RZ to take a, p- a punt on him, wouldn't it? And to make him yeah. the first choice striker. I think that he definitely becomes an option for them. I think that yeah. he will be a regular in the first thing. I don't see him, whereas this season he's been young AZ striker. I think next season he will be a full time part of the first team yeah. squad. And then if Pavlidis does go, which we all expect that he will, it'll be between. At the moment, you've got Odgaard who plays on the right wing at the moment for, for AZ, but when mm. Pavlidis now usually goes for the centre and Mirdink to start off, and then AZ might bring in another striker to sort of battle with them. But I can see Mirdink becoming, towards the end of next season, if he keeps on his trajectory, he yeah. could be, by the end of next season, AZ's first choice striker. Mm. And that's exciting because that's what the Evans are waiting for, isn't it? They're number nine to come through. And we, we, we're looking left, right and centre, who's it going to be? Who are these players coming through? And don't think it was really on our radars, not properly. And he, he could be one to, to definitely watch out for. Um, Might another question. Let's look at, there were two people that asked about who would our starting 11 be for the Nations League games coming up. RGN Huskies asked that on Twitter. Um, who's just starting 11 right now for the Nations League. And yeah, another one as well um, from Jules Devitt. What, what, who, who would you pick at the moment? There are some players that I, I know you're going to pick. You're going to pick those main key players, aren't you? But what, what kind of systems they also fit into? What does that midfield look like? Does, are there going to be two deep line players? Um, do you go with Wijnaldum because you know that it's Koeman? Um, give us your lineup that you, <laughs> that, that you want to see or maybe the one that you think Koeman will play. The one that I want to see is... I think that in goal, Justin Bio is back for Feyenoord. I think that's mm. it's a big bonus. Um, I think that he could be number one for the Nations League games. I don't think there's any other real choice. I think you know got Nopper out injured at the moment, so I don't know when he's going to be back. But if you're going to pick anyone at the moment, it's going to be Bio for number one. Right back, again, there's a number of choices. But I think that the obvious choice is to stick with Dumfries. Yeah. Centre backs. I think it's the same as what we had recently. I think you're going to have Van Dijk, De Ligt, left-back Nathan Ake. In midfield, hopefully, fingers crossed, Frankie de Jong's back. Mm. And Tunkut Miners is back as well. So then you could line up with those two. Attacking midfield, I'd put Cody Gakpo. I'd put him as a 10. Then 
left hand side I'd have Zavi Simmons. Right hand side I'd have Daniel Mallon, and then up front Memphis Depay. And then I think that you could switch Memphis or, or Gakpo, so you could play Memphis as a ten, or you could play Gakpo as a ten. Interesting selection there was Daniel Marlon. Can you tell us a bit more about his form recently in Germany? Yeah, well, he's exploded. I think that in recent weeks he has been used as a right winger, as a right hand forward. Um, I got corrected on Twitter because I say he was right winger, and he, he probably <laughs> isn't. Um, but he plays on the right there. And for Borussia Dortmund, he, I think it's was it four goals in five games he scored. Um, so yeah, he's since the last internationals where I think we all would have came away saying that Daniel Mallon was one of the few standouts for the Netherlands in those two games. Yeah. Since that form, he's now really kicked on and goals. People in Germany are starting to praise him, whereas before he was a flop. Um, as Daniel Mallon, but he was playing on the left. But since he's switched to the right, he's not playing for the centre on the left. He's really kicked on. I've just got stats here. So in his last six games, he scored six goals. So there you go. I mean, outstanding form for, for Dortmund. He also has impressive. in that time as well. So very impressive. I think you've got Gakpo, Simmons and Mallon, you'd say that out of all Netherlands attackers, those three are the most in form. I think obviously Memphis struggling with injuries at the moment is still out. So yeah, those three, Simmons, Gakpo and Mallon need to start. And um, there's no other options yeah. for those positions at the moment. So they, they need to start. I don't know. How about yourself? Is there anyone that I've missed out? Well, it's funny you say that because there's a couple of comments also on Twitter that brings in who, my, my thoughts on this as well. So John DeVries was asked, how do we solve my number nine problem? And um, at Brian, at, at, at Anya, any Brian, he said, um, the older players, some of these players, he wants to see them go out of the team. There are players like Frimprong, Dan Juma, Dalinga, Frank van der Bomen, Somerville, young talent in the future to so bringing him in. Um, and, and the couple of names that brought my attention there were Darling and Branka van der Bomen because they both won the French Cup this weekend for Toulouse. That's quite big game experience they've got there. And how much longer is Kuman able to ignore Thijs Dalinga from coming in? Um, if Tapai's got an injury, does he come off the bench? Does he get a start? Does he come into this fold at all? Someone is scoring goals in France now, not just the Netherlands. Um, Netherlands second tier, if you like. What kind of striker could could he be to, to the to the national team? He's he that kind of different striker that they need. Um, bit of a poacher, but I wonder whether it's time to bring in a couple of these. We keep mentioning it, and people keep commenting it, and there's only so much ignoring that you can do. You know how how much longer can you ignore these different players? I know the Nations League games are, are, are pretty massive. But every game seems important now for the Netherlands because of the invention of um, competitions as a Nations League. Not many like friendlies anymore. Uh, the Netherlands need a striker, so why not bring him in? Yeah, I think that I'm saying if you're wrong, coming and you're looking at form strikers at the minute, you don't have Memphis, he's out injured. Who knows? Like, hopefully, he'll be back in time for the Nations League games. I mean, fingers yeah. crossed he will be. But you're looking at Brian Brobby today. He could have been playing for four or five hours and he wouldn't have scored a goal. Mm. You've got then you've got Tyce Dolinga, who I think he's got 18 goals now this season. He scored twice in the final yesterday. The first was a lovely finish. He got through on goal and then just chipped it over the keeper. Um, second was, as you say, a bit of a poacher's goal. He was right place, right time, finished it well. And that's what you need from the Netherlands. You know, not every single striker has to be that. Let's all link play, come deep, 
yeah get involved um for free free total football you need some options off the bench one is just going to get in the box score the goals that's that's what you need and if you're looking at somebody's going to do that i think it's probably right now the best option for it i see a lot of people saying it's not ready yet he needs to go to a bigger club kevin's going to ignore him because he's only playing in france mid-table but who else has he got i mean who else can he really put there i mean you say that Brobby would be a better option, but Brobby's mainly been a bench player for Ajax who are playing yeah. terribly this season. So how is he a better option just because he plays for Ajax? Um, yeah, I mean, it just depends on Ronald Koeman. And the annoying thing for Dillinga is that this summer also coincides with Nations League under-21 European Championships. Hmm. So you got to wait up. Now, my counterpoint to that would be Brian Brobby is also available for the under 21 mm. championships so why don't you send him to that and call up Dolinga and have him with with the national team i've seen a lot of people saying van hoydonk as well again he's another different type of striker tall striker but I, i'll i would argue he's not ready yet i would say he's mm. under 21s at the moment i wouldn't bring him into the national team over Dolinga at the moment if, he is someone that needs to move in my view yeah. Yeah, he's one that needs to go to another club and show himself outside there, the busy outside in the Netherlands until he becomes even an option for Netherlands. The same with somebody like Xerxes, for instance. He did it Anderlecht last season, but this season he's done absolutely nothing for Bologna. So until he goes and does something at a club outside the Netherlands, then he doesn't really become an option for me. So I would I would pick Dillinger for the Nations League and move Brobby to under 21s. That would be my choice, but mm. we all know that Cumin and Dutch managers have a Eredivisie centric selection policy, so <laughs> we'll see what happens. Fair comment because it often happens, doesn't it? Um, and and David Larson's selection is a continuation of that. Um, before we move on to something else, I just want to give a shout out to everyone listening. I hope you're enjoying it. Give us a like if you're enjoying it so far. Um, subscribe to us if you're new on, on our different platforms. Uh, you might listen to this on YouTube or SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. So, yeah, just give us a like and share if you can so you can share the love, share the Dutch football podcast. Um, anyone want to see an English going out there? Uh, and, of course, leave a comment as well down below. What do you think about the national team at the moment going into the, the Nations League games in June? Uh, which players are standing out for you? Do you think Koeman's going to select a player um, for these games from, from a different league? One that he hasn't, we haven't really seen from him yet. Um, now, Mike, with the last weeks coming up of the Eredivisie campaign, we will be recording a podcast once the season has finished um, to talk about the different ramifications of the league positions and what have you. But coming to the end, and Feyenoord are so close to winning that league. And um, for the first time in six years, they have been excellent. They haven't had the sternest of competition in, in the league. But there have been three good teams below them that they've had to really get past. And I think they're just a level above because of Arna Slot's direction as head coach. Um, the fans do help, of course, into Kelp, giving them a, an impressive home record. But Slot has been, I know we keep talking about him whenever we seem to have a podcast and we talk about the Eredivisie. Um, but I think this, this league title, huge hand goes towards him. And he could be the, the Eredivisie coach for season as well, head coach for season, because whilst I have been some pretty impressive ones low down the league, he has been important in, in what they've done this season. Oh, 100%. I think the MVP 
of PSV. I said, said Xavier Simmons, but MVP of Feyenoord is 100% on the slot. And yeah. he's the biggest asset that they have and the one that they need to try and keep hold of this summer. I think that the biggest thing that they've got going for them is the fact that they're going to win this title and that they've got Champions League coming up. Will that convince them to stay? I think it would over... I think so. If it's, I think if... It depends on Tottenham. I think if Tottenham came in from, that might maybe make him look. But if he's getting the same calibre of clubs that he was getting last summer, the Crystal Palaces, the Leeds, staying at Feyenoord, to lead them in the Champions League, he's got to do that over that. But yeah, if I was a Feyenoord fan, you're going to expect Kochi's away. I mean, I think he's gone in the summer. I think the amount mm-hmm. of clubs that are now interested in him, he's got yeah. to go. You're You're praying that Arnold stays and uh, the board gives them the money to spend because they're going to have Champions League money. They're going to have money from bringing in, bringing in Koch, who, who knows, 30 million for him. You know, Santiago Jimenez is another one that might bring in some cash. I think he should be staying, though. I think someone needs to develop a lot more. Um, same same category, therefore, as Matt Tarifa. Uh, they've, they've got players like Bolly, who know, will stay. Um, their defence have got some good players, but they're not like young players now. So I think you've got David Hanko, it's kind of at his ceiling there at Feyenoord. Um, so I don't think he's going to go. So I just I just think if Kochu goes, then fine. I don't think they'll lose much more after that, especially if slot stays, Champions League football. Um, and a club the size of Feyenoord, I think they can attract their head coach to stay and someone like him in there to stay. Um, it reminds me a lot of Jorgensen when he first was there. He just fell in love with the club and wants to keep staying. Yeah, like I hope, I really hope so. Um, I would say like Jimenez, he's getting a lot of interest at the moment, but I wouldn't say Jimenez mm. is ready for, say, the Premier League. I don't I think I've seen that caliber in him. That would be like, oh, he's, he's going to be dominating, scoring 20, 30 goals mm. in the, the Premier League. He's, I don't think so. But yeah, I think Kochu will be their big one. I, I know Seismanski's only on loan from yeah. Russia, so they'd have to pay a fee to bring him back whether they want to do that or not, or go some somebody else. I mean, if I was Feyenoord, I, I might be looking across the city at Sparta and trying to pick up Warritson. Really? PSV do. Well, PSV have already said they're interested. So I mm. think if if you're Feyenoord, you got to deploy the Champions League and he's only going to cost a couple of million. Why not bring him in, especially if you're going to lose Jimenez? I think that what he's doing so far with Sparta this season, um, mm means that he's he's worth a look for an Eredivisie striker. If you've got him even on the bench, then he's a strong option to bring on. Uh, Danilo, is he is he Champions League quality? Probably not. But I think Warritson's one that a lot of clubs are going to look at this summer because of what Sparta have done and what price he could come at. So, you know, Feyenoord should deal to get Wafer from Excelsior. They, they could do Sun should and look at Warritson as well. Um, and I think mm. he would you'd bolster attacking options going forward. But for me, next season, the way that they play football, they really need to look at the wings. Um, I think they need to upgrade the wingers for in the summer. Mm. So I think there's a, a few places that need fulfilled. I think you said it right, the defence is strong and it's players that are in sort of prime and they've hit their ceiling. So I don't think they really need to look at too much there. Unless Gertrauda goes, which I think Maybe. he's another one that could go. Then you look at right back, but left back Hartman. No one's going to come for Hartman in the summer yet. Hanko's going to stay. 
Trauner's going to stay. Yeah, I think that you're looking at Karchi replacing maybe Jimenez and then maybe Gertrude as well. With Champions League money and the money you're bringing in, I think that's doable. And then if you can keep and convince Arna Slot, I think the main thing for him is that the club's not going backwards and not investing. I think that's the thing that could put him off staying. But if they give him the money to spend, show some ambition, then yeah, they're going into next season strong as well. I wouldn't be surprised if they went for someone like Jesper Carlson, given that Slot knows him from our Zeds. It's a kind of move that would attract him. And yeah, they need that extra winger. Um, for me, I think Pashal is getting better, isn't he? And he's getting close to what Sinister was, was doing for Feyenoord. Um, but he's still got a bit, a bit more to go, hasn't he? Yeah, I think that's another one could be that if Weeds, I mean, we're talking about Premier League, but if Weeds go down, hmm. Somerville, could he become, become an option for somebody? Who knows? But whether he would hmm. go back to, to Feyenoord after, after even, maybe not, but. Keep an interesting one to watch for the busy clubs if weeds go down. No, that's a really good shout. Um, we could touch upon our Z, but I think I'm going to leave that because there will be a, a bit of a preview kind of thing going on for their conference league game with West Ham. Um, but Sparta Rotterdam continues to do really well, and it's funny you say about Larritz in there. He's his heading ability is amazing. He's won, I think it's like two or three times the amount of headed headed aerial duels than any other player in the Eredivisie. So he has his strengths. It just makes me think he might be attracted to do something like Giacomacchus did, where going to like a Celtic or Rangers or possibly like the Championship. Um, I just don't know about the top of the Eredivisie. I don't know if 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 PSV would play him that often. And um, I guess it kind of suits a direct style of play though. And maybe he's the second choice striker when De Jong can't play. Um, that's the kind of deal that they'll be looking for there. But yeah, they, they've got some good players and players that have come out of the woodwork and despite not being that young anymore, have impressed. I mean, Nikolai, for example, goalkeeper. You've got Vita van Krooy, who's who was a bit of an average midfield, uh, winger before in the Eredivisie, signing out there. Um, yeah, what a season they've had. Yeah, and you've got, uh, speaking of PSV, you've got Shrandi Sambo, right back yeah. as well, who's showing for them. It seems to be like a... Sorry, a bed for good right backs to have some time at Sparta. You got like Dumfries, you got mm. Anuik, you've got now you got Sambo coming through. I think that that's an exciting place for right backs to go because he seemed to develop well there. I think that he'll he'll be basically fighting for a first team slot at PSV next season because he's been that good for for Sparta this year, and it's just an incredible job. Um, more signs mm. done there. I think that the thing that they would be battling for. Know, top five this season is is crazy and I think he's got the best out of the players that he's got and you know you look at Sparta over the past couple of years they've probably lost anyone that's come through that's, that's been any decent you know, like Harui um, he went off to Sassuolo but they always seem to find some players to pick up or bring on the ones or cheap deals like Wurritsen he's been, been incredible and yeah I think that if they can sneak a European spot for next year I mean that's incredible, and who knows where they can go? Because if you're going to pay them twenty or hit and miss at the moment, you've got Utrecht. Yeah, like they're not having the season I thought they would have. And then you got probably another club that's going to sneak in there. You know, it might be like a Heron Vein. NEC, yeah, NEC. Like you got 
clubs like that, they can maybe sneak in there to the playoffs. But Sparta, they've got a better chance than anybody of getting that European spot. And I would say it's fully deserved if they do make it. And hmm. it would be the next thing that they need to do to kick on and try and attract some better players and try and convince a couple of players to stay um, if they've got a little bit of European football to offer. We've seen it with the past, like Bates, maybe not getting as far as they can because you come up against a side that's, you know, like a, a Fiorentina that just knocks them out straight away. But yeah. you got to hope that for clubs like Sparta, they need to progress and get get better. You need European football because I think Eredivisie as a whole needs new clubs to step up and challenge. So it's not just the same ones over and over again. Um, mm. And Sparta are doing that this year. I think that, yeah, they're the kind of club that I want to see push on and become better than what just a mid-table average Eredivisie side. Get a bit of ambition, try and challenge for a European spot, go up there with the Utrechts in the next levels and then see where you can go after that. Uh, because I think we can talk about the Dutch coefficient. You know, if Netherlands are going to overtake, they've overtaken Portugal, if they're going to overtake France and become that so-called top five league, um, I've seen a lot of people saying it's what a nonsense that they're above France, but if you perform better in France, you're going to be above them. Yeah. Um, and that's what's, what's happened. So in order to keep that fifth spot, they're going to need clubs like Sparta, like Utrecht, like Heronbein to sort themselves out and become more consistent in battling for Europe and getting better players in, not signing players from German third divisions and hmm. you know, Danish second division, stuff like that. Like bringing in better players, better infrastructure, getting all the clubs to get rid of their plastic pitches, which is something that is happening. I think that Heracles are coming up and they're saying they're going to get rid of theirs, which is great. And then everyone these clubs can push on. The air division gets stronger and stronger and stronger and they can consolidate that that top five spot is deserved because PSG are the outlier in France. They're much better than anyone else in France on their day because they've got the money to spend. But Ajax, PSV, AZ I'd put in there and, and Feyenoord. They're better than any other, they can, or on their day, they're better than any other team in France, in my opinion, mm -hmm. than PSG. So I think it's fully deserved that everyone takes that spot and pushes on. Uh, well said about the coefficient, and I, I agree that after PSG, lots of these top Dutch sides can be better than second, third, fourth in France, because a bit of a mush isn't there between, in, in most refs, top half in France, half time, because um, the, the quality is deep, deeper in France, but at the top, Dutch sides are better. Um, we just need Ajax to get better over the summer, if you're thinking it from a coefficient point of view. RZ need to keep pushing on. Um, hope that Pascal Janssen can develop as a head coach. They continue to get some good players through there. Final needs to win the Champions League. Pierce 3 again will want to be pushing on to Van Nistelrooy if they can keep Simon. So there are lots of positives there. If Sparta do get European football, we hope that it wasn't a classic Dutch side getting knocked out in the the qualifiers, they need to get into the group stage and have that season that protested where they managed to get through the group stage even and came up against a Roma. That was a great adventure for them as a club. Fans loved that. Um, and it was great for the coefficient. So that is important. Uh, alternatively, if 20 qualify and, and they're that, that extra team, then they also need to get through those qualifiers this time and not get knocked out. Um, then again, you could say that, that their team that they played up against got really far in the Conference League. Um, this is really for the, the Eredivisie lovers here. So we've talked about the top half of the league. Um, let's go into the bottom part. Kamba and Groningen are going down. 
most likely four games to go, 12 points from safety for Cumber. So um, it's kind of who's going to go for that relegation playoff spot, isn't it? It's between Excelsior, M and Volendam most likely, but a couple of the sides could get involved. It's been quite an entertaining season down that end of the league. Um, and not many standout players, to be honest, from the teams that are down there, perhaps apart from Edmund with Ola Romney, finally living up to some of his potential, scoring a hat-trick against her in the other week, and um, he'd get a good summer move. But yeah, what a desperate season for Koenigan in particular, a side that should be pushing into top half, not strengthening at all really over the summer, um, doing it way too late at the end of January, and it's all just, oh, it's all unravelled, hasn't it? The decision for me to, to hire a, an assistant coach as the head coach and the situation they were in was, was just as nail in the coffin. It's not really his fault. Um, the club's direction has been terrible. Um, they need to go down and come back up like Twente did in the past because it's an absolute shambles. Yeah. If you, a penny for Tico Keane's thoughts at the moment. I mean, yeah. he's already agreed to leave Emin for Kronigan next season. And I don't imagine he's it. getting more money. Yeah, he'll be getting more money and he's he's gone to a better club. But, I mean, Emin, more than likely to stay up this season. And, yeah, he's going to be down there in the good doldrums with Gronigan. And, yeah, there's not much to love about them this season. I think that it's been run as a shambles. I think that whoever's at the top of Gronigan's, it's been a horrific season. They didn't, As you say, they didn't strengthen enough. Sacked coaches, didn't bring in replacements, fought it. Van der Rey would be enough. I think they thought, okay, he'll do enough of a job to keep us up because we're not we're too mm. big to go down. Yeah. And then we'll see him next summer. And it's just not been like that. They've they've been atrocious. The players that they have haven't stepped up. Um they've got enough in there to to stay in the league, but they just don't don't have the passion. I think that their best player in the second half of the season's been, you know, Boxdale, the young 17, 18 year old centre back, and he got injured a couple of weeks ago and was out for the rest of the season. So I think that's that's them and We've seen it before. We've seen last season, we saw Heracles go down. We saw Adderdon Hag go down. We saw Pex Voy go down. Um, I think Kroningen arguably is probably bigger than Autumn to yeah. go down. Um, okay. And yeah, you'd expect them to come straight back up, but Adderdon Hags aren't coming straight back up. I think they missed out on the playoffs. Mm. And they've got you know Dick Advocate in charge. You've got Eredivisie quality players and they got stuck down there. It's not an easy lead to get out of. I mean, the counterbalance to that is that Heracles and Pegs Voa come straight back up. But mm-hmm. yeah, um, it'd be tough for them next season. And yeah, maybe it's the best thing for them is that they get a total refresh and come back stronger. We've seen it with NSC Nijmegen, they've done it. Um, we've seen it with Sparta Rotterdam in the past. They've gone down, come back up, got stronger. So yeah, you need to, to hope that they do that. But other than that, Canberra have been, yeah, they're really bad. So I think that they deserve to go down. I don't think there's any players in them you can say that done enough to keep them from, mm. from that. Falling down for me, I had them buried at the turn of the year. January, I was like, they're down. Yeah. And Vim Young's done an incredible job with them. Uh, Again. <laughs> yeah. So I think they'll stay up. I think that out of the three, I think it might be Excelsior that finishes bottom for it. Three, and then we'll see if they can Surviving the playoffs, but yeah, Volendam, second half of the season have been been excellent and picking up points in some games where they shouldn't. So I think if Vim Young can keep that up, improves them in the summer, then yeah, you've got a club with they might kick on next season, do what go ahead Eagles are doing this year. 
if they can get some quality players. And what's exciting for them is they've got you know Xavier Mbiamba, the defender, he's a, the Chelsea defenders on loan, and I think he's been excellent in the second half of the season. So if he can go back to Chelsea, get moved to maybe a stronger club, then you're seeing another player that could be developing there that has potential to reach the national team one day. And um, I, I found a question for this podcast, right? The quality of the Eredivisie this time last year, I was bemoaning it a lot. I was saying that they, they're all they're all falling over each other just to not qualify for the European playoffs. So it was like that eighth place spot. And all the, the team that got it then the end was Hellenbein, I think, with so few points. Has the quality of the league increased over the past year? We've seen it with the coefficient um, really going up this, this year, coming the sixth best league in Europe, potentially... Could even be fifth, but I doubt it this year. It'd be the year after if they were. And now we've got teams like RKC, um, who are doing well in the league. They, they've pushed boundaries and what they can achieve as a club. Helen Vane have got some better players this year. NEC Nijmegen, you know, Jasper Sillison, and Netherlands goalkeeper in goal. I, I, I think that area of the league has got better. It's good to see that the two teams that are going down, you know, they, they will be replaced by two teams that have bounce back from Eredivisie disappointment, getting relegated the previous year. So is it is it getting better? Are we seeing clubs take more risks, spending a little more money? Um, or is it maybe that, that more young players have come through? What, what is it? So I do think that the mid-table is getting stronger because I think that you've got, say, for instance, go ahead, Eagles. They've got some good players, haven't they? Yeah, and they've got some... Really good attacking players up front. Bobby Adekanye, who people mm. might recognize, was at Barcelona Youth Academy. He was at Liverpool's Youth Academy. Ajax's PSVs, I think he's at them all. So, I mean, he's starting to show what he's made of up front for Go Ahead Eagles. He's chipping in with goals. And they're quite exciting team to watch. And Go Ahead mm. Eagles. RKC have, you know, Kramer up front. He's, he's done what he's done for years. And he's scored goals in the Eredivisie. I think this is one of his better years um, up front for them. So, He's got that, you know, Heron Vane. We've got Sydney Van Hoydonk, who joined top goal scorer in the league. They lost, you know, Amin Saar in January, but they seem to have enough about them. Tom Hay, they've got a good defence. Milan Van Newick, right back, and he's a good, strong, strong player. So around these clubs and table, they're improving. And as you rightly say, you've got Pegs Voa coming back in. We have some really good young players. Heracles have got some good players. And if you look at Feyenoord, who not only signed Excelsior's best player last season, they've went out and already signed Pex Vola's best player for next season and yeah. Thomas van den Belt. So these clubs are coming up with, Pex Vola and Heracles are coming up with ambitions to push on and become standard air divisie sides. So that's two that are coming up that are going to make it even stronger because it's not, without disrespect, it's, it's not a little like sign coming up, is it? Yeah, it's not a Excelsior, it's not a Camber, it's not an elk of that who you think, right, next season they're probably going to go down or they're going to be in there. These two clubs coming up being like, no, we're coming to be Air Divisi clubs again. So we'll see who the third club is that, that comes through the playoffs if they get there or if it's Excelsior stays up or Emin stays up. But yeah, I think that's two strong clubs coming up from the second division. So I think overall next season, you've got to hope that Ajax is going to go out and spend a lot of money. Final have some money to spend if they set of players they have. PSV will be pushing with ambition. Azad Alkmaar have a big, talented bunch of youngsters coming through. Might get some money for Pavidis. I think overall, the Eredivisie next season is going to be even more 
exciting in this one and it's going to push on it's going to be extra money in there for extra european places we're two full qualifying champions league places yeah. to fight for next year which is going to make it even more competitive at the top so i think if you're looking at coefficient wise eredivisie wise everything's going in the right direction i'd say and it's down to these owners and directors to push on get rid of all the artificial pitches keep sending players to eredivisie quality and they'll keep getting better and better and then yeah, who knows, five, six years down the line, you've got even stronger Eredivisie pushing top four European... No, I, I don't think they will, but yeah, you never know. Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's a good time to be an Eredivisie fan. I think it's, it is getting better. Well, a lovely note to finish on, Mike. Um, yeah, it's, it certainly pays off when you love the Eredivisie for a good number of years, doesn't it? Um, as someone who's not a Dutch person as well, um, there'll be some of the people out there too that have been following the Eredivisie maybe only a couple of years but maybe longer and felt the pain of the league coming quite poor and having to rebuild its way back up um and yeah it's in a really good place now so just one final call to put everyone if you haven't given this a like already give us a big like wherever you're listening um and and comment on youtube if you've enjoyed a particular aspect of the podcast whether that's about the netherlands or dutch cup well done ps3 again if you're a ps3 fan just get reminded that you won the cup final um or if it's about any of the questions we've been answering today do let us know your thoughts in the comments but yeah that's all from us for now um more to come with the west ham rz conference league semi-final to come and the nations league to come the end of the season in the area of we'll be uploading more and more as those things come up so yeah stay tuned to football dania and of course loads more on the website always churning out content aren't you mike um especially for the area that's coming up now Yep, so stay tuned and more from us soon.